0: Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to in Power You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you've decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And on today's episode, I wanna talk about the anointing makes the difference. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles as always. Take some copious notes if that's what you desire to do. Have a very good show for you today. As always, we want to start out with a quote of the day. And it says this Many people won't do for God what they are asking God to do for them. Now let's look here at Isaiah chapter number 10. And we want to look here at verse number 27 when we talk about the anointing makes the difference. In Isaiah chapter 10, looking at verse number 27, one verse, notice what it says. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck and the yoke. Shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I really love this verse of scripture. If you're a Bible reader, I'm sure you've heard it too. And when I was growing up, I would always hear some of the older folks say that the anointing makes the difference. Now, then I really didn't understand what they were saying. Most certainly, I didn't really understand what this verse of scripture is saying. But As I begin to get older, studying God's word, getting some age on me, some experience on me, having some failures in my life, I really, truly understand now what they were trying to tell me back then. It is so true that the anointing makes the difference. I want you to know that you may have skills, gifts, and talents, and things that you do well, but trust me, when you're doing the Lord's work, the enemy laughs at that. He laughs at your gifts. He laughs at your talents. He laughs at the things you think you can do well, because at the end of the day, what causes the enemy to flee from your life and from the lives of the people you are trying to help is the anointing. That's the only thing really that the enemy respects. Everything else he laughs at, he mocks. And so it is my assignment here today on this episode is to try to convince you the power and how important it is to have the power of the anointing on your life. I want to give you, if I can here, about five reasons why the anointing makes the difference. Verse number one, or should I say number one, is that the anointing Breaks the yoke. I just read it to you here in Isaiah 10 27, and it is so true. And you know, I know you're smart and I know you're intelligent, but but I want to go back over this again because I, I want you to really see this and understand this because this is clearly stated, but sometimes the obvious is not so obvious to us. It says, and it shall come to pass that in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, the power of this verse really is simple and it's clear, but many times we miss it that there are a lot of sick people out here. There are a lot of confused people out here. There are a lot of people who got trials and tribulations that they're going through, certain proclivities, certain things that they just seemingly cannot get the victory over. As a pastor who's been pastoring now about 17 years, been ministering over 20 years, ministering to different kinds of people in different places over my lifetime, you can get very overwhelmed by the things that people are going through. Man, life happens to everyone. And when you look at the things that people are going through, you have to come to a humility part in your life and say, God, I cannot do this in my own strength there's no way I can do it. So simply stated here, this verse of scripture is saying here that the anointing is the only power that can remove the burden, that can remove the hardship, that can remove the struggle, whether it's a chemical dependency, whether it's drugs or alcohol, whether it's growing up in an abusive home where a person has been molested. I mean, from A to Z, from soup to nuts, it makes me no difference. The only agent, that can change your life is the power of the anointing. Again, the scripture says that it's clearly stated, in that day, that burden will be taken off of thy shoulder. Think of the pressure that is on the lives of the people today. Think of all the things people can get into. Just think of the stress, the daily stressors of trying to live, trying to take care of a family, uh, trying to do whatever it is that people are doing today. But that anointing, that yoke-destroying, burning-removing power of the living God, the only thing that can destroy that off of the lives of people is the anointing. Anything that we try other than using the power of God just won't work. I mean, I've tried it in my own life and you have to come all the way back around and repent to God and say, Lord, the only thing that can really destroy it and remove it so that it never comes back again is the anointing that's the thing that removes that burden in your life. And we really need to understand this as Christians and believers. Now, when I grew up, I grew up at a time where it was said to us that the only people that needed the anointing was the pastor, the preacher, somebody who was standing up in front of somebody ministering. Now, I know now that that was not true. I think they did the best that they could with the understanding that they had of the scripture. But the reality is all of God's children need the anointing. All of God's children, whether or not they acknowledge it, they are anointed if they believe in the Holy Ghost because that is the only agent of change. Think about the things that you probably wanted to try to do that you couldn't do, the things that you tried to accomplish, the dreams, the goals, maybe stop doing this because you knew it was wrong and you just seemingly could not get the victory and you were frustrated and you were mad and you may have said, does the word of God work? It just seems like I'm climbing up an uphill battle and it's never going to get any better because I'm telling you, the enemy don't take no days off. He is constantly bombarding your mind. He is constantly devising up ways and means and all kinds of things to trip you up and frustrate you and trick you out of your blessing and trick you out of your inheritance. I mean, the enemy is relentless, but can I tell you one agent of power that will never give up and will destroy that burden and remove that yoke that is the anointing. Jesus understood this. He understood that in and of himself, he was not enough, but he depended, he operated, he moved in the power of the anointing. And if you and I are going to get a work done for God, it just can't be the preacher, just can't be the prophet, just can't be the evangelist, can't just be the bishop. All of God's children have to understand that we need the anointing on our life if we're going to raise our children, if we're going to have an effective marriage, if we're going to be in business. That anointing on your life, it literally removes that yoke and that burden. It destroys the yoke, the scripture says. That is one of the reasons why the anointing makes the difference. Number two, the anointing consecrates you. Now I want to talk about this because we talk about consecration. Those of you that have been in church, these terms many times that we've heard before, but we may not truly understand it. Let me help you truly understand what it means when we talk about consecrate. The anointing consecrates you. Consecrate means to be made or declared. That word declared means announced. So when we are consecrated by God, what he does, he makes us, he molds us, he shapes us, and then he declares or he announces our purpose. He announces our destiny. He gives an announcement, not just to you, but others around you that I'm getting ready to do something specifically in the life of that person I'm going to use. This is very seriously. So we shouldn't take this for granted that that anointing upon your life, it makes you something you couldn't make yourself. Many people are trying to do the works of God and they're trying to make themselves into what they think they ought to be. They're trying to use different kind of methods, different kind of strategies, world things that they think will help them be attractive towards other people, maybe helping them to ingratiate themselves to a group of people, maybe joining fraternities or sororities. And if they can be a part of this networking group or this club, it means that they could get open doors for them, that is not how God uses the power of God to consecrate you. God makes you based upon what he knows you need. We think we know what we need, but we truly don't know what we need. So through this consecration process, when we yield and submit our lives to God, he makes us, he molds us, He shapes us. He puts the caution tape around us so we can pardon the dust when God is working on us on the potter's wheel. And then he declares us righteous. He declares us holy. He declares us fit for the master's use. See, that's a work of God. That ain't a work of man. Only God can do that. Now, when he consecrates you, that's just one part of it. Then he sanctifies you. And we've heard this word before. What does sanctification mean? It means to be set apart for God's use and his purpose. In other words, you're being consecrated so you can be sanctified and set apart for the purpose of God. See, if God makes you and he molds you and he declares you, he has to set you apart for a particular job for a particular purpose. This is why I tell people who want to get in ministry of any kind, or have you been consecrated? Watch this. Not did the man or woman of God lay hands on you, not did they bless you, but did God consecrate you? Did God lay his hands on you? Did he make you? Did he mold you? Did he declare you what he's going to make you to be? And then once we are consecrated again, then we become sanctified. We are set apart for a specific purpose. Look at it like this in the natural. If emphatically, in fact, I am making a table, a table to seat people, a table specifically for some things that I want to do. This table is not for everything. It's not to be placed, things to be placed on it just willy-nilly as it were. But this table, I am consecrating it. I am making it. I am molding it. I am using certain wood. I am uh, going through the process to sand it properly. Uh, Maybe I'm shellacking it or varnishing it with the right varnishment because I want it to hold up under all types of conditions based upon what it's going to be used for. But once I consecrate it, then I set it apart. This table can't be used for everything. This table can't be used everywhere. I can't place anything on this table. Why? Because it has a specific purpose. And that's what it really means to be sanctified. So when we are consecrated before the Lord and we are sanctified for a specific purpose, God gives us to an assignment that only he knows he has created and he has built us for. Not something I went after. Not something I looked at and said, this is what I want to be. We got to slow this down and remember that he called us. We didn't call ourselves. You got a lot of people that went. And then you got a lot of people or other people that were sent. We want to be sent. But before we are sent, we must make sure that we understand the process of consecration, the process of sanctification, because that anointing on our life is pure. That anointing on our life should not be used for any other purpose other than God. And we've seen the R&B community in the entertainment world. We've seen a lot of people that have that are in R&B and music and entertainment and music. They got their start in the church. Now they may have started out being consecrated, may have started out being sanctified, but then they started to be used or used themselves or sent themselves out into the world, and then they become contaminated. God says, "When I consecrate you and sanctify you, it's for my purposes, not your purposes." See, the purposes of God—they will prevail. There are a lot of things you may want to do. There's a lot of places you may want to go, but the reality is we go where we are sent to go. And based upon what God knows about us and what he has placed in us and the things that he's doing in us, those are the things that are going to be successful. Those are the things that are going to have longevity. Those are the things that are going to last. Let me read you in Leviticus chapter 8. I want to read two verses here. Maybe this will help you some as it relates to the anointing consecrate you. It says that Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. And he sprinkled there upon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and its vessels, both of the laver and its foot to sanctify them. And he poured of the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him, watch this, to sanctify him. So in the Old Testament, they did this same practice. They were consecrated, they were sanctified. Everything that was used in the temple was consecrated and sanctified because everything that God is using has to be set apart for his purpose. Here's my question to you. Are you set aside for just the purposes of God or for everything that comes across your face or everything, every every opportunity uh, that comes to your door? We have to remember and understand that we are consecrated, we are sanctified by God. And if God is going to get the best out of us, if we're going to see some results in our life, we have to understand that only the anointing makes the difference. So the anointing consecrated the temple the tabernacle, the vessels, and the priests. Everybody had a part, and they were set apart for godly purposes again. As that anointing comes upon you, you will be set apart only for God's purposes. Number three, the anointing triggers an overflow. I like this. Here's what that means. in Psalms 23 and 5, notice what it says. In Psalms 23 and 5, says of the Lord as a shepherd saying, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, watch this, and my cup runneth over. See, when the anointing hits your life, it creates a trigger, a trigger, and that trigger Overflows. There's an overflow of blessing that happens in your life when that anointing hits your life. The anointing does for you what you can't do for yourself. And a man, a man can't anoint you. Only God can do that. Now, God may be using that man to lay hands on you, but the anointing is coming from God. The anointing is coming from the Holy Ghost. The anointing is coming ultimately. From him. Now, let me give you this scripture. This scripture may help you a little bit more too. In 1 Samuel chapter number 16, these are probably some lengthy verses, but I really got to give this to you today because I believe right now, for those of you that are listening to you, and if you can trust the fact that God wants to anoint you because He's got a specific purpose for you and it's going to trigger an overflow in your life. Let's look at this again. 1 Samuel, I believe it is chapter number 16. And we're going to start here at verse number one, and we'll skip around here so I can prove my point. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. So the prophet is going to Jesse's house to anoint not just anybody, but the next king who's going to govern and rule. Let's skip down here to verse number seven. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on his height or his stature, because I refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man sees. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This is key because sometimes we think people are anointed because of how good they look, how tall they are. They got bulging biceps and triceps. They've scaled the halls of academia and they look the part. But God says they're not the part. See, God is looking at the heart and man is looking on the outward things. And if we're going to understand the power of the anointing and what it really means, if it's going to make the difference, it's going to make the difference in the life by whom God says, this is the one that I'm going to anoint. Look at verse number eight. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Verse number nine, then Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Verse number 10, and again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass by Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of them. Now let's pause, because if that had been you and I, we said, man, now Lord, I know you told me to go to Jesse's house. Seven of this man's sons have passed by me, and you have not chosen any of them. Did I miss God? Did I not hear correctly? But one thing I love about the prophet is that he didn't get in a rush. He started asking questions. Notice what he said here in verse number 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send forth and fetch him, for we are not to sit down, till we come hither. In other words, we're not going to sit down until we find out who it is that God has sent me to anoint. Look at verse number 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for he is the one. See, if the anointing is going to trigger an overflow in your life, it's only going to trigger an overflow if you're the one. And in this situation, as the prophet went to Jesse's house looking for the next king, he had to go through all of Jesse's sons until he got to the right one. But when God said, this is the one, there's no more debate. See, when God has selected you and you're the one, The blessing is going to come to your house. Now look at verse number 13. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. Watch this. When God anoints you, he'll anoint you in the midst of your enemies and in the midst of your family members because God is earmarking you for his service. And the Bible says, notice again, when it triggers this overflow and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. In other words, when you are the one that's being anointed by God, it's going to happen from that day forward. The only reason why that anointing will not gain strength in your life and will continue to trigger an overflow is if you're out of the will of God. If you're doing something God is not telling you to do. So when you have the anointing on your life, that doesn't mean you get to do what you want to do. It doesn't mean you get to go where you want to go because you can't take God's anointing everywhere. Remember, I told you it's consecration, sanctification. God is making us and then he is setting us apart to do something specific. I hope you're hearing this today because the anointing is going to make the difference in your life only in the areas where God has called Called and assign you to work. So we have to be very clear about where God is placing us. All right. We've got to understand that. Point number four, the anointing teaches you. This is really powerful. Look at Luke chapter number 12 and verse number 12. Notice what it says. The Lord assures us that the Holy Spirit will be poured out as our teacher and the anointing teaches. And it says, for the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what ye ought to say. This is why we lean on the Holy Spirit, because he's the teacher. Even now, watch this, as I am teaching on this podcast, ultimately, it's the anointing that's teaching you. He's just using a man to do it and we have to recognize what man's purpose is when the anointing is on their life. This is why God chooses to do things the way that he does. Sometimes we get confused and we say, well you know pastors and preachers are not important, but that's not what the scripture says. The Bible lets us know that he has called some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, so the saints can work the ministry. But ultimately, God has that anointing placed on that man or of that woman or whoever it is that he's using. It's the anointing through them that's teaching you. So even now, the anointing is teaching you. He's just using a man to do it because God partners with his people to get a work done. But ultimately, watch this now, it's still the anointing that's teaching you. So the anointing needs the man and the man needs the anointing. Look at their partnership. And when that comes together, so many signs, wonders, and miracles can happen when we understand how God is trying to do something and get something done in the earth. In 1 John chapter 2, verse number 27, notice what it says. The anointing which ye have received of him abide in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is true, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Now I've heard people give this scripture and you may think that I'm contradicting myself when it says that you don't need any man to teach you, but we got to get this in proper context. It doesn't mean that that man is not important, but it's the anointing in that man. Remember I said God is partnering with his people to do his work. So the anointing is doing the teaching. I'm going to say that again. The anointing in that man is doing the teaching. So it's the anointing in him flowing through him and out of him so that you can hear the words of Christ so that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How can they hear without a preacher? And so we have to keep this in proper context. So the word here is not saying that the man is not important. He is. Now, if he's just teaching his own stuff, that's different. But when that anointing is on that man's life or on that woman's life, God is using that anointing to teach. And that's all that's necessary. That is all that is needful. And so we have to remember that that anointing that is on our life as God is using us We can't lay claim to it. We can't say, well, they got free because of me. They got delivered because of me. They got help because of me. No, they got help delivered and set free because of the anointing that is upon our life. It is God who anoints the believer with the Holy Ghost. So the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. Number five, this is my last point and I'm done. The anointing empowers. Man, do we need some empowerment today? People are beat up. People are disenfranchised. People are depressed. They are oppressed. They are suicidal. It's seeming like every day there's something else that's going on in the life of man. He needs some empowerment. He needs to be built up. He needs to understand who he is in God. And the anointing will in empower you. Look at Acts chapter 10 verse number 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Watch this. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So the anointing empowers and makes us able to do good works. We are obligated to do when that anointing is resting on our life and I'm using that word obligated we are obligated to do it because there's a weight there's a responsibility that is on our life to be able to do what God has called us to do we are obligated we have to do what God is saying do now watch this when you have been anointed with the holy ghost and with power just like Jesus was it's right here in this text acts 10:38 notice You go about doing good, not bad to people. And then you have the power to heal those who have been oppressed of the devil for God is with you. So people that say they are anointed, but they're causing people pain. People that say that they are anointed, but they're wreaking havoc everywhere. People that call themselves anointed, but they're not bridge builders. People that say that they are anointed, but they don't forgive and don't show unconditional love. Are you truly anointed? Because according to this text, if this is true, that the anointing empowers everybody that Jesus came in contact with, he empowered them. He empowered them with victory over sickness, over disease, over the enemy. And if we've got the self-same self anointing that Jesus had, we go around doing good, not bad. We go around bringing people together, not dividing people. This is how you know who's anointed and who's not. Are they separating the body of Christ or are they bringing the body of Christ together? are they doing it in love or do they have their own mission? Just because people are saved or calling themselves saved, that does not mean that they have the same mission that the Holy Spirit has. Again, when that anointing is on your life, it's going to make you it's going to mold you, it's going to shape you, and it's going to send you forth just like it did Jesus. And you're going to go about doing good, and you're going to be able to heal, set free, and deliver through the power of God that is working through you. That's the power of the anointing. This is why the anointing makes the difference. Not your gift, not your talent, not because you can sing, not because you can teach, not because you learn this or you learn that. You get it from the Holy Spirit. And one of the things about the anointing in my final conclusion here, it gets results. When the anointing is on your life, you get not just any kind of results, you get supernatural results, things that just can't happen can happen for you. Seems like something that would fall apart, but when it gets in your hands, it turns into gold and platinum. Seems like sickness and disease that people can't get healed from. When you know you've been anointed, you can pray for people and God will hear you and heal them. Is something about finding somebody that's anointed. I want you today in your prayer time, in your quiet time, spend, spend some quality time with the Lord and allow him to anoint you. Not for you. Jesus was not anointed for himself. Jesus was anointed for his assignment and for the people that God would send his way. It's too many people that's hurting. It's too many people that's poor. It's too many people that's down and out. Too many people that's depressed, oppressed. It's too many people that's on drugs and alcohol. It's too many people with identity crisis for us to say, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to rely and lean on the anointing. Because the text that I read to you said, I'm going to read it to you and I'm done. Isaiah 10, 27, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I'm praying for you today and believing God's best for you. That's all that I wanted to share with you. I hope it helped you in some way. This teaching helped you in a magnanimous way. If so, I want you to send me an email to info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. Let me know that this blessed you. I want to hear from you. I need some feedback from you that this lesson really blessed your life. Go to my website at thomasadeloach.com. Find out a little bit more about me. Check out my advocacy and ways that you can financially support this podcast called To Empower You, a teaching podcast that's really trying to help you grow in the things of God. As always, I'm believing God's best in you. I want you to to win. But more importantly, I want you to know what God has called you to do. God has need of you today, right now. So spend some time with him and find out what plan he has for your life. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas. The info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be, be empowered. empowered.